thank you so much for uh, for being my first guest. It's it really is kind of a, a a wonderful feeling that you said yes like right away to me. Are you kidding? It's such an honor that you asked me. I appreciate it so much. Well, I want to I want to extend this to you. I uh, I want you to be part of this show as as it oh. continues to um, uh, to grow because I want you. You know, you have an eye as a director, you have an eye as an actress that would be great in a conversation with directors and actresses and actors. So uh, I would love to make that invite for you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I There are so many people I admire who I would just want to talk to. <laughs> just, just, just have that conversation with them. So it's, it's, them. it's like giving them a, a moving headshot if you're looking for a role. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I want to start out by saying this is that um, the last time we talked was months and months and months and months ago, maybe yeah. more than that. And um, I, I really felt a, a artist connection with you because, you know, in, 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 in making the movies that you make, you're almost like Sisyphus, you know, pushing a rock up a hill forever. And it seems like you're in a battleground, not only between uh, people that don't understand, you know, the, the, the community that you're in, the, the, the gay and lesbian and, and, and trans community, but the people in that community fight with each other. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you in, in the crossfire in, in some ways? I was when I started, sort of like everybody had something to say. And then when it was very, when it was really only LGBT people watching, oh gosh, I was in big trouble because they said, you're not representing the gay community. And I was like, I'm not trying to. My whole mission was to shock people, to shock straight people, to shock people who weren't familiar with the world and show this extreme. I wanted people to go, I said it in middle America. I wanted people to go, wait a second, these gay people are doing this stuff in my neighborhood. I thought that was only like a left coast kind of thing. This is happening here where I live. So I wanted to be this big shock. I wanted to play, you know, they always say play against stereotypes. I wanted to play into stereotypes. Mm. Like I wanted to play the stereotypical lesbian. I have a slow voice. I dress like a boy. I wanted to go to that place. Um, I wanted to show people just having their lives being in crisis. I wanted to show people sleeping around. I wanted to show people engaging in activities that were not healthy because I, I I didn't want to be going like like a lot of shows do they go here this is gay people accept and love gay people this is what you should do love and accept gay people and here's how friendly and perfect we are we're so friendly and non-threatening no 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 I want to go the other way because I'm trying to affect change I'm trying to change the world I'm not trying to make a show that makes people I think that gay people are like these non-sexual non-threatening affable creatures I, I wanted to shock I, I I'm going to not say this the right way, but I think it's every artist's job to challenge the audience, to make them uncomfortable in a good way, uncomfortable and just uncomfortable enough that they get really interested. Yeah. So that was my goal. So I, I think I did that. And right away it was, well, this doesn't represent gay people. <laughs> well, it's not meant to. I, I hope it doesn't represent the average gay person. That would be I, I, don't th I, I, I think people are starting to get it now, you know, what, you, what you're bringing to the table. Um, you know, because when something new comes out, everybody argues about it and, and nobody really stops and look at the art itself to say, oh, wait, this could be a little tongue in cheek. This could be a little joke, 
and we need to get on the bandwagon. We can laugh at ourselves a little bit. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, another thing was they said this isn't realistic. I get I get this a lot. They say it's not realistic. Pretty much everything that's happened <laughs> in these movies has happened to me. It really has. Like getting like they, they say that like one character got drugged, but she handed and she, she was meant to get drugged. Um, but instead, at the last minute, she gave it to her friend, and her friend drank the whole thing and just passed out. Dude, that happened to me, okay? <laughs> Somebody tried to dose me. I was like, I just don't feel like drinking. I handed it to my friend, who was a guy. In real life, it was a guy, so that's the change. And he drank it, and he he was done for. No one knows how he got home. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what happened to him. He just disappeared. So this is all, all stuff that has happened. I was stabbed in my latest movie. I haven't been stabbed, but you know, metaphorically, I've been stabbed. We, we so can't let you out of the house. What? <laughs> we can't let you out of the house anymore you if you're getting no, stabbed no. and drugged. And that's, <laughs> this stuff happens, and so um, I've been metaphorically stabbed. But uh, you know, just uh, I, I think I think that's the other criticism. So one is poor representation in the gay community the other is that this isn't realistic and first off yes and secondly yes um uh, you know somebody had uh, i was doing an interview and i can't remember who the actor was it might have been chris evans who said that who said to me that there was the fans that were upset that captain america wasn't realistic and and you just have to shake your head at that and go well it, it's not you know it's yeah. not supposed to be yeah yeah when, not. <laughs> when did you fall in love with the movies was when I was four years old and I realized none of this cool stuff was going to happen to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I decided, you know, I thought about it as a little kid. I was like, well, the only way for this really cool stuff to happen to me is if I'm an actress. You know, there were there were movie companies and we could name a bunch of them that were feeding a line of, of, of what romance was and the expectations of family and all of that. Did that affect you? I was going in the opposite direction of that. So when I saw something where that wasn't happening. I was, that was where I was engaged and where I was interested. I wasn't, I wasn't interested in a, you know, romantic kind of thing. I wanted action and adventure. And, you know, I wanted to have a sword and have magical powers yeah, and, I mean, and, fly, and fly on Falcor. Yeah. Um, you know, fly through the air and uh, have a horse who, you know, I rode on adventures with. Uh, people say, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? I wanted to be a cowgirl. Or a, swash, a swashbuckler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swashbuckling But there's a picture of me when I'm very young. I'm dressed as Annie Oakley on a horse, <laughs> on a miniature horse. And I have a pistol and the hat and the whole get up. And <laughs> it's just, I've been like this since the beginning. Uh, are we living in an age where we're just too damned careful and too damned uh, somber about everything? I don't know. Uh, I think, I think, you know, there's a statistic that a third of people don't have a sense of humor, which sounds insane, right? Yeah. A third of it just lacking, um, you know, and if you watch like a comedy club or comedy show about two thirds of people in the audience are getting it, about a third of people are just kind of going, just looking around at their friends. They kind of, they think they understand it, but they don't. So a third of people don't have a sense of humor. When I first heard that statistic, I kind of didn't believe it. Just open your eyes and start looking around. I would say it's at least a third of people just, just they just, you know, don't under, they just don't get humor at all. The bad part is that 
of it is that they do think they have a sense of humor. And and you can't teach someone how to have a sense of humor. They either learn by falling down and laughing at themselves or they'll never learn. Right, right, right. In developing uh, your voice in film, tell me a little bit about about the trials and errors that you've been through, the, the, the good advice and the bad advice that people have given you. Okay, well, I, I can talk about the best advice I would give is you have to do everything yourself and don't wait for anyone to do it for you. And that means go out and make something with a $100 budget, do that. I made something with a $40 budget once. So, you know, and it ended up being, doing well. So go, if you have nothing, use that. If you wait for money, which a lot of people do, they're like, I'm going to get investors. Oh my God. If I hear that word again, you're not going to get investors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you just make it happen for yourself. That's my advice. How, how um, much do you, how much do you rely on friends? A hundred percent. My friends are my everything. And they help. I mean, my friends are the people I make movies with. So they help me with a movie and I help them with a movie. They, they're, they're, my, they're my life, okay? So it's, they're, they're my friends in real life. And then when I work, they're, they're the people who are there. In looking at where you live in, in you know, kind of your, your Eastern middle America, um, the, the film industry in, in Kentucky, you know, is not as strong as the film industry in Los Angeles. So you've got to make your own community, I would imagine. And I feel like I have to make my own community myself. Hmm. I feel very isolated from the outside Kentucky community. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's come with a measure of the recognition I received early because I was you know, doing something different. Uh, you know, I was, what I did was I was, I was fortunate enough to spot a trend that was coming hmm. and that that trend was going to be gay stuff. And I jumped on that. There wasn't a market for it. And so I filled that hole in the market. And, uh, you know, I think, so I sort of went this one way, whereas people in Kentucky were sort of in their own bubble. I just, whoop, I just was doing a different thing. So I've been isolated from the rest of Kentucky and I don't know why, but uh, this, this has just been very much my own adventure. And it's just kind of like, if people want to come on, great. I, I'm just not working with anyone else. Uh, out of the films that you're, you're known for, um, I, I think Dagger's Kiss is, is the one that I, uh, really responded to because it's a fantasy, it's it's a it's a folk tale, but it's also got um, you know that angst in it, and it really speaks to. Uh, it has a lot of humor. It's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, people thought it was crazy. It's like I'm gonna make a fantasy, a fantasy, you know, with, with girls in it. And uh, keep in mind, the only thing really, Game of Thrones was big. But this was, you know, now there's The Witcher. Now every other show is like a fantasy show. So this was before this hit. So everybody thought I was out of my mind. So this was the challenge to people, was convincing people that this was going to be a thing. I, even I didn't know if it was going to be a thing. And uh, so first came out, um, the way it was distributed, I, I didn't like it. So I bought it back and I put it on YouTube of all things. And then I, I earned my, what I put into it, I earned that back. And then, and I don't know how this happened, Amazon picked it up. Mm -hmm. I don't know why Amazon picked this up. It was I, I, I didn't have any money to put into it, but Amazon picked it up and then it just took off. And I was really surprised. And then we made the movie and it's just, 
I mean, I am so proud of Girl Girl Scene, and that's been, I, that's gonna be on my tombstone. It's gonna say, Tucky Williams, who plays Evan on Girl Girl Scene, it's gonna say that. And I'm grateful that, and I love it. What I, I love, Dagger Kiss, though, because that's just been such a fun adventure. But you had problems with Amazon. Was it with Girl Girl Scene, or was with every, it? With yeah, with everything, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, I, all I can say is that nothing has changed. You know, everybody thinks all this progress has been made. I would say there's out, I think I would say outwardly there's been progress in the sense that people know they're not allowed to say certain things, but nothing's really changed. There's still the same amount of homophobia in the world. And so me making stuff has just been met with a tremendous amount of homophobia. And it's, it's hard. It's really hard to get through, uh, you know? And, you know, I question sometimes, I, I really question if I want to keep doing gay stuff because it does take a toll on me emotionally. I, you know, I feel like I've contributed, I've helped out, I've helped a lot of people. Do you know, just every day I get something. You know, even yesterday a lady wrote to me that it had changed her life. Mm. I mean, who am I to change someone's life? You know, those are the ones that really get to me. Um, mm. I'm, I'm so glad I've been able to do that. At the same time, Oh, people, it's taking its toll on me. So I'm like, <laughs> it's changed I, your life too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, it's, it's definitely harder. There's just, there's just, there's no tolerance for the gay community, but I would say out of the entire spectrum of the whole LGBT, every yeah. other alphabet thing, I would say the one that gets the most hate is the L because, yeah. because it's misunderstood. You know, in, in doing a, a little of this research, I read something about you and Spike Lee. Tell me about that. Oh, you heard about the Spike Lee connection. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I was 11 years old, I went to a lecture by Spike Lee. And this lecture was, I knew nothing about filmmaking. I hadn't really seen any of his movies. I, I was too young, but I knew who he was. I knew he was this really important director. So this lecture, it, it was about his, the extraordinarily difficult time he had making Malcolm X because he had no studio support and no one wanted to see this movie made. He just went through hell making Malcolm X. And uh, he, he just talked at length about that. He talked all about what it meant to be a director, all about filmmaking. And um, I, afterward, I wanted an autograph. <laughs> I, I went up, there were all these people milling around him. And what you don't know is when I, I'm six feet tall, almost, uh, 5'11". So I just say six feet because it's easier. So I'm six feet tall. And when I was 11 years old, I was six feet tall. And I had, you know, the hair and I had this baby face. And anyway, there are all these people milling around him. And so I, I reached up and I handed him like this book so that he could write in it and a pen. And I, did, I couldn't even say, can I have an autograph? I just handed it to him so he would know what it was. And he just looked at me and he started signing and he looks up and he goes, how old are you? And I said, 11? And he goes, <sighs> And that look, I now know, was he knew I was gonna be trouble. Yeah. He knew I was gonna raise hell. And that night that I heard him speak was the night I officially became a hell, a hell raiser. part of the success has been has been because I did the thing that nobody else wanted to do. I mean, I think I would have met with success because I'm a hard worker, but it came so suddenly because 
like nobody nobody was doing it still nobody's doing it it's still very mild you know they'll have they'll have a character be bisexual <laughs> you know like <laughs> we're just gonna dip our toes in the water here um you know like like you know in, in the marvel movies they were supposed to have a gay character and that never really came about and now they're like oh but there's one who's bisexual and it's like oh just make someone gay for heaven's sake yeah, well, I mean, but Middle America is is the problem, isn't it? And in, in anything, it's just there. This is the way we've done it, and this is the way we're gonna do it. And change takes a long time. I still am of the belief that there is no change, but people can get used to seeing gay people on TV and in movies. Let's make that happen. Yeah, I refer to it as the sushi factor. Years ago, nobody would eat sushi. That's true. And then there's a time in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, where sushi was everywhere. Uh-huh. And now it's gone into a normalization like, oh, well, we have chicken, we can go get sushi. Because people just, it's now part of the, the lexicon. But it took it took 30 years. <laughs> well, now it's become American. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's entertainment that starts that fire. Music and entertainment talk about these things. Yes, entertainment is a weapon like no other. It cuts like a sword. It is a weapon of war, entertainment. It does, it's just as valuable, if not more so than actual violence because it cuts into people's minds, into their hearts and it changes, it changes the world. Yeah, and, and you in your little corner of, of, of the world have changed a lot of things. Uh, for yourself and other people that, that are, are striving to get into the filmmaking business who feel the same way you do. You are an example. Oh, thank you. So how does that feel? I, I It feels like I've earned it. <laughs> I've been yeah. through so much. And uh, I've been through, you know, it's it's been really hard. It's been, I've met a lot of challenges and I hope that I've done enough that it isn't so hard for other people. They can just jump in and people won't We'll give them a rough time. I feel, I don't, you know, I feel more that I've made a contribution for women in the industry. I, I would say that's given me just as much trouble, if not more, than the gay aspect is being a woman in this industry in a position of control has been very threatening to a lot of other people. And I hope I've brought about change from people witnessing that how threatened. Guess I can how threatened men and women can be by seeing a woman in, in control. Is there a documentary inside you somewhere? Me? Yeah. I, I would like to become a documentarian. It sounds like a lot of fun with all the social change and all the upheavals in society we're seeing. I I just feel like people aren't communicating and. I, I just want to document the lack of communication. <laughs> well, that would be, you know, I would love to do a documentary on documentaries. That's just kind of how I think, you know. Oh, well, yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be a good one. In, in college, I wanted to do one called Hickory Dickory, uh, a documentary, and it was about clocks. No one Did got you that. Do it? Yeah, I didn't do it. Okay. I oh. didn't do it. There's time. But I love talking with you, and we get to talk for a few more minutes after the break. I know this sounds ingratiating, but you are a brilliant, brilliant filmmaker. And sometimes what happens is the tools aren't sharp enough or the 
the lighting isn't you know exactly but your creativity and your vision shines through and that's what i love about this industry is no matter what you can still see the beauty in something thank you for that compliment that means the world to me i just i just want to contribute with my work i'm so glad people are watching it and i just hope they continue to watch it